I'll start off by saying that uh, yeah, Hannah and I are both Indiana Tech grads, alumni, and uh, pretty proud and pretty proud to be able to host this event here. I know Hannah is com very competitive, and I will just say that the current women's basketball is undefeated in conference play. So. Yeah, I don't think I would make the team. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of interesting, so that's, that's also a good thing. And Hannah takes a lot more risks than uh, she lets on. If you have ever followed rule sourcing, you might have seen something on LinkedIn with their crazy little videos and things of that nature. And I'll tell you, you know, the, the nerd in me, is that's probably a little bit outside my game. Uh, you know, I, I have a very low profile from a social media standpoint because I'm a technologist and I realize, you know, from a security perspective. And uh, yeah, so I, I think that there's uh, risks to be taken and you, you actually do take quite a bit of risk. Well, I'm Clifford Clark. As Doug mentioned, I'm going to share with you five hard lessons in leadership. And to get a good understanding of those five hard lessons of leadership. I'll tell you a little bit about my journey. You won't spend a whole bunch of time on it. Went to school here at Indiana Tech. My first real job was working with General Motors, uh, working with a, a small little Texas company called EDS, Electronic Data Systems, on the Wings of Eagle, Ross Perot, Presidential Candidacy, and the whole nine yards there. From there, I went to really my proving ground, which was Lincoln Financial Group, and uh, loved my time there. Uh, but like Hannah, I was a little bit of a risk taker, so I moved in and out of opportunities at Lincoln quite heavily, uh, which included K&K uh, Insurance, and then eventually moving back to Lincoln Financial, which for me, eventually, the work came, uh, became uh, from uh, AI Corp back to Lincoln, and that's where I stayed for a little while. Really, really proud of the work that I did at Lincoln, went up the corporate ladder and so on and so forth, you know, got directorship and that kind of stuff but saw that the horizon had a lot of things uh, out on it, and it may not have included me at that point, simply because there was a long list of individuals ahead of me that would you know, have an opportunity before my time, or my ticket was punched. So I took an opportunity, a crazy opportunity, to become Chief Information Officer for the City of Fort Wayne. I had an opportunity to work with Graham Richard. I was very, very proud of the work that we were able to do. We upgraded a lot of systems. When I started in at the city, we had uh, several tables like this with your common everyday PC sitting on top of it, just right down the road. That was our server farm, right? We changed that out. how. We got, you know, industry quality stuff with the cage and the fans and the whole nine yards, so we changed a whole bunch of stuff. We had a great, I can't even remember the name of it anymore, we had a great email system that any attachment, you know, today you send an attachment, you can tell immediately it's a PDF, it's a, it's a doc, it's a cell or whatever it is. Everything came across as WPS and you had to rename it. It was just a big time waste. So, we got off of that and got onto some industry tools in Microsoft and Outlook Exchange and that type of stuff, Exchange first. So really, really proud of that. Uh, things changed and I ended up uh, going, uh, leaving the city. And there's a little story behind that. And we'll get to that in a second. 
I ended up leaving the city and starting a consulting company called C2 IT Advisors. Well, while starting that, I got a call from a friend who was familiar with my work that I had done in other organizations and said, hey, can you come hang out with me here at Ivy Tech? And so I went to Ivy Tech. Spent about 10 years at Ivy Smith. I have told 15 years at, at KNK, excuse me, at Lincoln, 10 years, almost 10 years at Ivy. So I've uh, been around the block a little bit. I already talked about EDS, so you know I'm kind of old. But the point of the matter is, is that I went to Ivy, did a whole bunch of different things, uh, worked uh, not only from the local Northeast Indiana campus, but also across the state because we ended up centralizing a lot of the work everywhere from here to so South Bend, and uh, obviously helping out in the state. While doing that, I still had an opportunity to work my company, C2 IT Advisors. Never did let that go. When I left Ivy, I continued to focus on that, working with information technology leaders and developing them with uh, not only the CIO forum, but also with Public Technology Institute, and also uh, working in other municipalities. I've worked in a CIO also for Maryland National Capital Parks and Planning. So this is another municipality. It's out on the East Coast and traveled back and forth all of that. So why did I tell you that? Well, one of the challenges that you have as you go through your career is where do you pick up the nuggets about how your leadership skills will develop? And the, the saying is, at least saying in my family is, is that, you know, experience is the hardest teacher. In fact, I hope I don't mess up the video on this one. That was the clean version. Because my father used to say it like this. A hard head makes a, excuse me, a hard head makes a soft ass. He's near a book. So if you can't get the mental, right, you're going to get the physical. Right? Not that it wasn't like it was whipping me or anything else like that, but the bottom line is, is that if you don't, if you, when you think about it, experience is in fact the hardest teacher, right? And so we share, as adults, we share our experiences with our children and other you know, young people coming up in the community because we, I don't want you to go through that, right? Don't do that, right? You know, don't do that, it'll mess you up, right? Don't, don't go down that path. So taking these opportunities in leadership hopefully, and I, that I share with you, are going to um, help you in your career or help you help others, and that's the, bit, the best thing. So, item number one, be ready to be humbled. Now, I will honestly tell you, again, hard lessons, right? These are not the fluffy lessons, by the way. You know, it's not the, oh, be a nice communicator, which is all important, don't get me wrong, but I'm talking the hard lessons. So be ready to be humbled. Okay, you have to know that as a person is migrating up the command chain and things of that nature, you know, it's like you're starting to feel your britches, right? You're starting to feel a little big about yourself, right? And you're, you're thinking that, you know, you're hot poop. I'm cleaning it up, okay? You're thinking you're really, really good stuff, right? But you have to be prepared to be humble because the further and further you go up, the further and further away from the real source of knowledge, the real work that you are. And, um, you know, you're starting to feel maybe a little high and mighty about yourself, but you need to keep yourself humble and bring yourself to where people can still interface with you, people can still talk with you, people can still uh, be in the mode of listening to you. You will be surprised, and that was one of the lessons that I, that I had. Um, so, again, 
pretty transparent, 6'3", African-American, male, can be intimidating at times. And I had to learn various different lessons to just kind of, hey, look, just humble yourself so that you can be accessible as a leader. You will be surprised how important that is. You won't hear the things that are going south if you are not accessible. If a person is afraid to bring you the bad news, if you are always yelling and screaming at somebody, if you are, cannot position yourself to receive that information, uh, that will stop the information flow, and that is a problem as a leader. Number two is get help. You know, oftentimes we think as ourselves as, as leaders, we like to think, well, back to number one, right? Be ready to be humble. Like, I did all this on my own. It was my studies, my education, my money, my this, my that. Well, guess what? It's never any of that. It's never just you. You have people that are around you that make things possible, clear the way, help you, whether you know it or not, right? And I was very, very blessed. I mean, like, I'm going to rattle off a little bit of my career. I feel very, very happy that I had people around me that, has, that helped me along the way, even when I didn't know that they were actually helping. And I found out later on that they cleared a brush or opened a path or did something for, for me. That's why I'm pretty passionate about something maybe I do, but I know Hannah knows a little bit more about this soon that I'm letting off here. But the bottom line is, is that no man or woman is an island. We need each other to help each, uh, to get help and get things done. So opportunities such as this, you know, we're kind of talking about, you know, IT leaders to get the necessary uh, training, mentorship, networking, all of those things we ought to be doing on a regular basis because those are so very important about keeping us uh, plugged into the, to the environments that give us the help that we need. And right along that same lines is obviously the training, right? We still need to constantly uh, train up ourselves so that we don't get um, irrelevant, so to say. And mind you, when I say that, the things you get trained on as you move up the ladder um, changes. It's not necessarily all the same things, which is, uh, Things, uh, something I'll talk about here in a moment. So things like IT leaders, professional development, uh, professional organizations, those types of things take it. One of the sad things about IT individuals, in my personal opinion these days, is that we, you know, we have a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. I'm going to forget some of the names, but Pulse, uh, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube. We have all of this stuff, and so many of us don't take advantage of it. I mean, we have opportunities to, to develop our skills, but we, we simply just don't take advantage of it. I'm not 100% sure why. I know we're busy people, but I think that that's uh, very important. I've often said, and I share this with others, nobody's more responsible, nobody can be more responsible for your career than you, all right? If you're waiting for your manager to pat you on the head and give you that opportunity, mm, you're probably going to be waiting a little bit long. I mean, even Hannah and herself said, hey, you know, I actually said, hey, you know what? This project management thing just quite isn't where I'm feeling it. And maybe sales. And, you know, you got to plug in. Now, a good manager, a good leader will be looking out for their staff. But again, nobody is more responsible for your, for your learning and your development than you are. So make sure that you plug it in, you have a mentor, you have somebody that can help you with that. 
Number three, listen more. And this kind of goes back to that number one point, be ready to be humbled. You know, it's the old saying, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? You know, one of the biggest challenges, and I said I circle back around to this, is that as one migrates in a committed um, career and they move up and up and up, and we're hoping that in IT leaders, that's something that, you know, constant career development is something that's in your, your window. But as you do that, one of the things that we need to do is we need to listen to the people that we're getting more and more space between, right? So the people that are closest to the work, right? The people that you need to hear about how things are really going. But one of the, I worked on this really great project at Lincoln, a multi-million dollar project, and uh, it was a young project manager, you know, junior executive, young project manager, and I'm, I was gun on project management. I'm, I'm a PLK, and I love project management. And I am moving this thing as hard as I possibly can because I got this date, right? So folks who know project management, I know there's a few of you, room. You know, you got your soap, you got your budget, and you got your, your time, right? So you're working on those three, you know, triple constraints. And, you know, budget's looking good. We know what we need to do, right? I'm just trying to, I'm trying to keep the schedule. And my sponsor, my sponsor said, hey, How's that project going? Oh, it's great. You know, everything's going really good and so on and so forth. Yeah. That's not what I'm hearing. What? Yeah. I think, uh, I think the engine has left the station, but the rest of the training is still back there. That was an awakening for me, right? So basically, I had gotten too far out. I wasn't getting the real deal. Right? I wasn't getting the true sense of what's happening. And as I kind of mentioned, you know, you want to be able to stay close so that you can hear the, what's really going on. And then maybe I was a little unapproachable, maybe I was a little too aggressive about keeping this, the project scheduled, but nobody wanted to tell me any bad news. And there's another famous, a big one, this you know, Ford, uh, this is probably at least a decade and a half old, and I think, uh, uh, Alan Mamali from Boeing came over to Ford and he sits all the engineers down and says, how is this project going and everything? And everybody said, it's going just fine, all right? And he waited, and he waited, and he waited. And then week after week, same thing. Finally, one of the engineers broke and said, well, this is not gonna happen. And he's like, finally, somebody's telling me the truth. What's happening is, is that as you continue as a leader, as you move up in your uh, career, and you don't care about this if you've ever done it, course or masters or whatever level, you, you have this power distance relationship that gets wider and wider as you go further and further up the ladder, right? It's why you don't normally see the guy that is or gal that is working at a lowest portion of the organization run into the boardroom to talk to the CEO about it. It just doesn't happen, right? There's so many layers. There's a manager and a manager and a manager about that. In fact, again, another hard lesson in leadership is that I remember I, it was a casual conversation of that same project and uh, talking to a senior leader about the status of that project without first informing one of my direct leaders about what was going on. 
And to make it worse, the person was a military person. So he was like, you just broke protocol. I almost died in that one. That was one of those you know, career terminating events, you know, a readjustment career. You almost have to write a new resume out, right? So you want to, you want to make sure to watch out for that. So as you go up the line, you know, that, that whole power distance relationship gets further and further out. So you, as a leader, have to do things to make sure that you're hearing the real deal, right? And there's all sorts of books about how you do that. And one of my favorites is, I think it's Ken Blanchard. I remember that name, Management by One Around, right? One Minute Manager, right? This is classic, there's uh, another one, Maxwell. You know, there's another classic stuff, right? It's just like, hey, don't, in other words, don't get too big for your bridges, you know? Always make sure that you're keeping air to what's actually happening in your organization. Now, like any leader, things get complicated as you get further and further up the line. I mean, you're no longer talking about whether or not you should get, you know, one quart of juice or two quarts of juice. It's not that simple, right? The things that you're decided on is going to have significant impacts potentially for not only for your organization, for its financials and how things work and operate, but also for the people, you know? Whether or not they have another uh, nice line in their resume to say I was on a successful project or not. It's, none of us like to be on unsuccessful projects, but it happens. So the bottom line is, is that now you're in, a, in, you're, you're in this mode that you have all this other stuff coming in. So the other lesson, number four, is to create systems for yourself. You got more things coming, and they're coming faster and harder, and they're more significant than they once were. So everything from simple things like managing your time, your calendar, your to-do list, how you do stuff, you're going to need to make some adjustments in that, because if you don't, then you will start to miss on things, and that will interrupt your own personal performance. One of the things that we oftentimes don't do, I'm gonna integrate something here, is trust our instinct, right? And sometimes when you got the hard press, press, press through your career, your career development, um, you'll take anything. Hey, do this over here. Yeah, I'll do it. Do that over here. Yeah, I'll do it. And then you realize that you actually taken on a bit too much, right? So another part of that lesson of creating systems is that the system should be able to inform you, data side, of when to say no. Because you have to, you have to come up with some degree of uh, balance or opportunities in the things that you can take on because you can't, as much as you'd like to think that you can, you cannot do everything. Number five, don't forget what got you there. Now, somebody shared this uh, with me many, many years ago, decades ago, one of my mentors, I won't say how many, but floral decades, at least that. And uh, he says, you know, everybody wants their own piece of the pie. And I've always remembered this little acronym, right? 
As you're moving through the organization, you have to perform. That's what the P is, right? Your individual performance is almost what gets you noticed, right? You know, you're past the resume stage, you're, you're on the job, you're probably getting started, you're at a lower level now. You guys have a little bit past this part, but you know, your individual performance is very important. And then that I was your image, you know, do you, do you look the part, right? Can, can somebody take you to the next meeting? Can somebody just grab you out of, the, out of the, the break room and say, hey, I need you to run to a meeting with me on something, right? And that used to happen. I had, a, uh, I had an employee at Lincoln, and uh, it's, she, hate, she hated socks, right? She hated socks, right? So she would never wear socks. Now, mind you, this is not the nice, cushy, work-from-home environment that we have now in, you know, 2020, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, like it was a, still a pretty formal environment, right? And, uh, and not only did she hate socks, she hated shoes, right? And so this is Lincoln Financial Group, right? You know, this is, this is, this is the company that was downtown, that was huge, you know, number one employer for a long period of time, you know, corporate office, and, you know, now, and, Philadelphia or wherever it is these days, and you know, now you got Link Field and you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's a big company here. So you know, back in the you know, 90s and stuff like that, you know, nobody walked around without shoes, okay? This was like pre-casual uh, Fridays and stuff like that. So we had, a, we had an agreement, because she was sharp. We had an agreement. Hey, look, just keep something in the drawer. Keep something in your desk straw that you can, you know, if need be, that we can call and that you can go, all right? I was kind of the same way. I'm a suit and tie kind of guy or jacket and tie and stuff like that. I feel real comfortable in my, you know, Superman cape and everything else like that. But I would tell all these, I mean, yeah, you never know when you have to pull because you're the, we're the one closest to the assignment. Okay, no, hey, how much is, how much are we off right now? A leader would ask and you would know, right? I need you to explain that to you know, the board or wherever as you're kind of moving up your career. So just, have, just be ready to do that. Whatever it takes, you have to look the part so that you can get, kind of get the part. And then finally, the, other, the last piece of the pie is the E. And we kind of already talked about this a little bit, which is the exposure, right? So individual performance, your, your image that you carry, and also your exposure. And exposure is having that mentor or having that somebody that is going to open the door for you and say, hey, yeah, this person is really good. That even though they don't wear socks and shoes in their office, that they're still sharp as a whip. And that they are, they are quality enough that you can pull them to the side and say, hey, look, open your drawer, pull out your shoes, pull out your socks, you're going with me up into the boardroom, and we're going to talk about this project that you're working on. So you kind of need that. So. Now that we understand that whole performance and that whole framework of performance, you still need to understand that as you migrate up your, your career, and we already talked about the power distance, you're getting further and further away from your technical skills, right? So it's also important to know that what got you there may not be necessarily what will keep you there, right? And so, and you hear these stories oftentimes, and, and this is one thing that we do need to say no on sometimes. Maybe you don't want to manage people, and you don't want to be that high CIO or something like that. That is perfectly fine. 
right? But we need to know that even in our career, what got us there may not keep us there. So before we got started today, we were joking. I was joking with Doug and Brett out in front, and I said, you know, hey, I grew up in a pretty competitive family, right? So my sister, younger than me by a few years, uh, did all the love from, from dad and mom because she spoke three languages, right? She spoke, you know, English is our first language, uh, Spanish and French. Me being the older sibling rivalry and competitive and stuff like that, so I asked left. Right. I speak five languages. Cobalt, basic, ordinary, right? So the point of the matter, sharing that story is, is that nobody has called me to do anything in Cobalt here in a long while. Not RPG, not work on AS 400, or anything else like that. All of those things are in my career, my past career. And even to this day, right, and this is a problem that we have oftentimes, is that what got us there, whether it was some particular coding language or anything else of that nature, was hot and good then. But it's not that. And we fail to make the switch. We fail to move. Right? We need to be able to make that switch so that we don't get stuck as everything else is moving past and moving aside from us. So we kind of talked about five different things. Right? Get ready to be humbled. Make sure that you get help. Make sure that you're listening. Creating systems. And don't forget what got you there may not keep you there or get you there. But this is Indiana, we like a bargain. So we're gonna give you one more, a sixth one, a bonus one. And I'll give it to you in a story. Right? And I apologize for anybody who's heard this story from me or anywhere else. So this new plant manager, just been hired, got to this company and the old plant managers there get ready to uh, uh, turn things over to him. And he says, you know, I really like you, kid. You're gonna do real well here. And, and to help you, I've left some instructions for you in three envelopes in the desk drawer, right? He says, you'll know when to open them if you Take a look at the first one and you'll be able to open it up and figure out when to open up the rest of them. Okay. So old timer walks out the door, you know, leaves the building, new plan manager, system is nice, office, overseeing the production floor with all the windows and the big table and the conference uh, table on the side, opens up the first envelope and it says, blame me for all the disasters, it's okay, I'm gone. All right, so we called this first slant meeting. Everybody's gathered around. Bob Dunlop, he was an idiot. He didn't know how to write anything. We're changing it all, all right? People are shocked, but they follow along. They make the change, they flip it. Cylinders, it took a little while to get going, but now the engine is humming. I mean, they're doing really, really good, and the plant is humming really great. And because of all of that, Sales shoot up. This guy is a literal hero. He is doing really, really good. And so everything is chucking along and they're making these sales numbers and everybody's happy. But then, I don't know, it just starts to get a little squishy and starts to plateau out a little bit. 
plant manager takes that on for a little bit and says, hey, you know what? I'm not liking the way this is going. Maybe it's time to open up that next envelope. So he goes to his desk drawer, digs all the way to the back. There's the envelope. He pulls out envelope number two. He opens it up. Says, tell him you made a mistake. Flip it back. He's like, this can't be right. But that first envelope was really, really good. All right, I'll give it a try. So he goes out to the floor and says, you know, we've had a great ride, but I've made some mistakes and we're gonna flip this organization back. And the people are shocked. I can't believe he's gonna do this. I can't save, I can't take it. So they flip it back. And again, a little slow at first, but the engines start to hunk. And it's getting really, really good and they have another great cycle of good sales and everything else like that. And that, as you might expect, goes really, really good for a period of time and then it starts to plateau out. But he's got one more envelope. He says, those other two were so great, I'm gonna go up all the other envelope. So he goes back to his big office with a nice view. He opens up his desk drawer. The last envelope is all dusty, got marks on it, but it hasn't been opened yet. He opens it up and he reads it. And it says, make three envelopes. <laughs> so the last bonus lesson is, you have to know when to leave. That's another hard lesson in leadership. Thank you. Thank you.